Now that all of the votes have been counted, Raphael Warnock defeated Herschel Walker by about 100,000 votes, which is a pretty good victory in a state that's as 50-50 as Georgia is right now. Uh, it was way too close for comfort. Many times Herschel Walker was ahead, but the main votes in Metro Atlanta just had not been counted. Now that Raphael Warnock has won this race and has a six-year Senate term, which is the first time uh, any African-American has ever been elected to a full term in the United States Senate from Georgia. I, I want to talk about what this victory means for me and you, for everyday people in Georgia and across the country. And I'm going to do it through one main takeaway that I have. Just one thing that I just can't shake. All right. This is Sean King and you're listening to the, the, the Breakdown. All in all, today is going to be a good news episode of The Breakdown, and I am glad, nothing but glad, that Raphael Warnock defeated Herschel Walker. I, I don't know what makes me happier knowing that Herschel Walker will never be in the United States Senate (laughs) or knowing that Raphael Warnock will be there for the next six years. Like, that's how bad Herschel Walker was and is. It's like the idea of him being a United States senator was so preposterous. And it it is really wild that he almost won. Like, it's that close that it goes to a runoff and it ends up being like 51 to 48. And, you know, one and a half million people voted for Herschel Walker. And it's like, you you did what? It's so ridiculous. But I'm nothing but glad that Raphael Warnock is going to be in the United States Senate for the next six years. That's good for Atlanta. It's good for all of Georgia. It's good for the United States Senate to have him there. It's good for the potential outlook on the appointment of judges and other things there in the Senate. He he is important to have in the room. And so I'm just glad he'll be there. He'll have an enormous impact on his colleagues. Uh, he is a man of integrity. And, um, you know, I'm I'm excited that. I think he'll be able to let his guard down a little bit because yesterday was actually the fourth election Raphael Warnock has had to go through in the past two years. Uh, He had a runoff and a victory two years ago for just a two year term and another runoff and a, and a victory uh, for, for this one. And now he can actually get out of campaign mode for a little bit and think about policy and do some work. But I can't shake one underlying takeaway. And it's it's something that we saw with the election of Joe Biden, and it is greatly magnified in Georgia of all places. The Democratic Party would not have any power to speak of if not for black people. 
if not for black voters. Raphael Warnock would not be senator in Georgia. John Ossoff would not be a senator in Georgia. Black people had to show up in record numbers and vote almost unanimously for Raphael Warnock for it to be possible. And such a thing is not expected of any other ethnic group. Almost every other ethnic group votes for Democrats and Republicans. If not 50-50, it can 60-40, even sometimes 70-30. But African-Americans have to vote almost 100% Democratic for Raphael Warnock to win. And it's, it's a thing that no other ethnic group is expected to do. And that is kind of working. Like if African-Americans don't vote almost 100% for Joe Biden, he doesn't win. And so this almost unanimous support is not just expected. It is required for Democrats to win races all over the country. And yet I don't see the policy schedule. I don't see the policies coming out of the Biden administration, out of the Senate, that mirror the reality that African-Americans are the only reason Democrats have power. Or at the very least are the primary reason Democrats have power without the unanimous support. It was 90% and above African-Americans, men and women, voted for Raphael Warnock yesterday. No other ethnic group was even remotely close to that. And, and yet, I don't see the policies to match that reality. Let me unpack and explain it. I have a quick word from some of our sponsors, and I'll be right back. You know, I think what we have now is a scenario where the Democratic Party has black people in power in some really key positions. Obviously, a, a black woman is vice president. Um, you know, a black man is a senator from uh, from Georgia. I mean, sh- probably should be two black folk that are the senators from Georgia, but whatever. Um, a black man is about to be the Democratic leader in the House. And I appreciate all of those things. I do. That's that representation. A lot of my friends fall on the side of saying, listen, racial representation doesn't mean as much as we say it does. Like a lot of my closest friends and allies say, like, listen, what really matters is policy. And so if we are electing black people uh, to office and Joe Biden is appointing black people to office that don't actually fight for policies and positions that benefit and protect black people, then what's the point? That's a huge, a huge part of my community feels that way. And I understand it. Like I, I almost agree. I almost agree that 
if you're not going to actually have policies that benefit black people, then it definitely reduces the impact of having black people in positions. If you're ultimately going to be supporting an agenda that primarily helps white people, but you do it with black people in power, then that's not that's not the deal I want. I am I I don't even fall on the middle. Like I am glad we have capable, qualified black people in power. So I'm glad about that. But I agree with my comrades and my colleagues that it's got to be more than that. And I also agree that the most important thing is the agenda. The most important thing are the policies. And now that we, you know, thank you that we have, you know, a black man that is in charge of the DNC, you know, like I see the representation and that's a breakthrough. But now we need an agenda that actually meets that representation. I hope that makes sense. Uh, Love and appreciate all of you. I'm still recovering some uh, this week from the procedure I had last week. So I'm a, a a little bit off the radar, but glad to get on here and record. If you're not yet a member of the North Star, please go now to thenorthstar.com and join today. Take care, everybody. Break it down. I'm Tiffany Hawkins. I'm Alan Boomer. And we are the Momentum Advisors. Every single week, we talk about wealth management, personal finance, and entrepreneurship. We are financial advisors by day. We're entrepreneurs by night. We're building wealth for ourselves, and we want to make sure that you understand how to build wealth in your own family. Tune in for shows like Is Your Money Racist, Retirement Savings, Investment 101. We literally run the gamut on all the things that you need to know about financial wealth, creating a legacy for your family, and really just wealth creation as a whole. What we find is that these conversations are happening, but they're not happening as much as they need to in diverse communities. And so we're bringing a new voice, a new amount of energy, and we want you to tune in. So we bring the tips, we bring the strategy, and we always bring the good news. So make sure you tune in every week to the Momentum Advisors. There's something for everyone. Mm